0: created for all parents from all walks of life. Let's face it, when children are born, they do not come with a guidebook. In fact, we don't know step one, step two, or step three, and we make a lot of mistakes. But this podcast here will provide parental tips for home and school supports. Remember, it takes a village to raise a child and you are a possible parent. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe, and also share with all of your friends and family. Sit back and enjoy! possible parents i'm super excited about you joining me today during season one episode three titled to mask or not to mask today we have a special guest joining us from spring texas dr jennifer Veriste. she's going to provide us with some advice on how to keep our children safe during the cold and flu season sit back and enjoy Hello to all of our Possible Parents. I thank you for joining me, your host, Charmaine Campbell, for season one of Possible Parents. We are now on episode number three, and today I have a very special guest with us, Dr. Jennifer Verice, joining us from Texas, from Spring, Texas. Um, Dr. Verice, could you tell the guest hello? Hello.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here.
0: And we thank you so much for giving us your time on today. I would like to read her bio. Because her visits to her pediatrician were usually positive experiences, Dr. Varice's desire for pediatrics began at a very young age. Later, she fulfilled her dream and obtained her med- medical degree from the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center. She went on to complete a pediatric residency at UT... Houston Health Center. After residency, she returned to practice in her hometown of College Station, Texas. Dr. Varese is grateful for the five years she spent treating the families there and for the relationships and connections she made. This winter, Dr. Varese and her husband began their newlywed as newcomers to the spring area. As a board-certified pediatrician, her passion is to empower moms and dads to raise their kids to lead happy, healthy lives full of precious memories and discovery. She desires to create the same positive experiences for her patients that she had with her pediatrician as a young child. Dr. Varice is thankful to be a member of the team at Family First Pediatric, and is excited for the new relationships to be made. So, Dr. Varice, welcome to the Possible Parent Podcast. We are so excited to have you! Such a great positive. Uh, bio so I wish I was a little kid I could come and see (laughs) you in your doctor's office I would feel so comfortable Um, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners about you and your practice
1: Yeah, I um, practice in Spring, Texas. That's where you can find me. It's sort of a suburb outside of Houston. I've actually been there for about a year now. And um, I also have a Facebook page where I provide encouraging content to moms and educational information, relevant information. In fact, I try to do a live video Every week on Wednesdays um, on my page. I also have a presence on Instagram.
0: Great, great, great. So, Doctor Varice, we're living in some pretty scary times right now. Um, you know, I I'm pretty spiritual, and I do a lot of praying, and um, you know, just leaning on prayers and asking for God's protection. Uh, but we know that other individuals they come outside they're not wearing their mask uh we know that germs are everywhere you know germs can be in our car germs can be when we open up our front door germs can be um at the grocery store and we are in flu season you know we're coming upon cold and flu this evil virus that just seems to not want to go anywhere And here in Ohio, we have over 8,000 cases. Mm. And this is pretty scary, especially for our children. Um, How can we keep our children safe?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, if your child is learning from school, um, they are at increased risk of coming into contact with the virus. That's, um, you know kind of an, a given um, because there's more exchanges and more interactions with more people. And um, so th- th- that's that's a risk. That's a, a known risk. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the age of the child, that kind of tells you what um, some of the efforts to minimize that risk should be focused on. For example, if your child is in pre-K or daycare, Some of the efforts to minimize transmission of the virus are kind of more emphasized on the environment versus on the child's person themselves. Mm. Um, Children at that age, at that young age, they are um, looking at your mouth. To learn how to speak and and you know develop their speech, and so um, it's not so much recommended that um, you know the the children around them are wearing masks um, or that the adults are wearing masks. Um, as well, the American Academy of Pediatrics doesn't recommend. That children younger than two wear a mask, and so more of the efforts are emphasized on changing the environment. So, for example, you know some daycares may uh, only allow drop off and not allow um, you know visitors to come in to the facility. Um, Instead of eating, you know, lunch in the closed-in cafeteria in close quarters, maybe eating lunch outdoors, doing more outdoor outdoor activities, um, minimizing uh, like transference between rooms where uh, children like classes move sort of like in a cohort um, where they just kind of stay together in the same group um, throughout the day. So there's, um, they're minimizing transmission between different humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's more like more environmental changes is the emphasis at the younger age, but elementary school and up, um, it is imperative that the child and the adults wear a mask and their social distancing. Um, I know the American Academy of Pediatrics has referenced studies where the distance can be as short as three feet in the classroom mm-hmm. as long as everyone is wearing a mask. And still be effective at minimizing risk. But yeah, it is important, elementary school and above, that everyone is wearing a mask and maintaining that safe distance.
0: Very good. So I hope the listeners heard this because I did want to know to mask or not to mask. And so um, our children at the elementary level definitely should have on their mask. And that was news for me. With the three feet because we've been working um to maintain a six foot distance in the hallway in the classroom and And that's even
1: better yeah that's even better i think um there there was just some research that was done in um schools in other countries where Mm -hmm. in the classroom they did uh three feet um between other um students and the teacher and it seemed to be effective as long as everybody was wearing a mask Okay, But six feet is better. <laughs> oh,
0: great. So I'm like, you know, when it first came out, you would hear conversations. Well, how do they know how many feet okay. someone should be apart? Should it be six feet, eight feet, 10 feet, or maybe, you know, a much larger number? Who knows? But I'm glad that we have someone here um, who was well-versed in pediatrics and understands um the reference points for the virus and how it travels and how it yeah, can affect someone in contact time i don't think a lot of people understand okay we may be social distance but what about that contact time that i right. been with you if we are just two or three feet apart
1: and the issue with the six feet initially was the uh, amount of feet that the public can travel um, and so that's where the recommendation came from, you know, that those respiratory droplets for a mouth and nose can travel about six feet. Mm-hmm. And I imagine if we're wearing a mask, it reduces that. Um, but yes, that's where
0: the initial number of six feet came from. So Dr. Varese, you know, being a busy mom, sometimes I take my daughter to the grocery store. And so I often wonder, you know, should we take our children to the grocery store? How often should children go out in public?
1: Mm -hmm. So this is so tough because um, we now recognize now that we're later in the pandemic that this virus isn't going anywhere. And so this is more like a new way of life than just like a, you know, a temporary thing that we're going through and then things will go back to normal just like they were before the pandemic. Um, so I think more and more people are realizing that no, things are likely not just gonna go uh, to how things were before the pandemic. We are going to enter into it that's like there's a change of mindset, change a frame of mind that occurs when you know we have that realization. So again, in terms of, you know, going to the grocery store and, and you know, uh, errands, you want to keep in mind the age of the child. Um, you know, if they're younger than two, they cannot, um, they cannot safely wear a mask. Um, but one thing that you can do is it's okay to take your child to the grocery store and run errands with your child, if you are um, training them on how to keep a mask on when they're in the grocery store. For example, you know, I have children as young as three and four in my office that do a great job keeping their mask mm-hmm. on throughout the entire visit. And um, just sort of like potty training, um, we are, uh, you know, Uh, allowing your child to have time to become familiar with the mask. It's um, not so fair to, you know, never practice wearing the mask at home. And then once we hit the grocery (laughs) store, suddenly expect them to wear it for an hour. And so if we take the time at home to incorporate the mask into childhood play, or maybe mom is wearing the mask along with the child, and we, you know, can wear it for maybe first 10 minutes and then 30 and then 60, and maybe two hours. Then when we go to the grocery store, we can tell, you know, our child, okay, we're gonna be here for tops, you know, two hours. I promise after this time, you can take it off. That's much more bearable for the child to know that there'll be an endpoint to when this mask will come off and they're more, you know, going, more likely to comply with keeping the mask on so you know going to places like the doctor's office and grocery stores errands can be you know still run with a child um, but we can do- go about it mm-hmm. doing it in a safe I- way i like
0: the point you made about consistency with our children and if they wear their mask. Um, and they see you wearing their mask, it won't be a tug of war if you have to wear it maybe, say, 20 Mm -hmm. or 30 minutes in a grocery store. So, Dr. Baris, I want to speak to this whole notion of germs in our children. Um, As an educator, I often hear that children are just natural germ carriers, but I'm like, aren't everyone (laughs) germ carriers? Um, But I always hear that children are germ Mm -hmm. carriers, but they may not be sick. Is this true or is it a myth?
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a very good question. And when we talk about germs, um, I feel it's important to make a distinction between two types of germs. There's bacteria germs and then there are viral, viral germs. And children and adults are exposed to both. And you're right, children and adults, both of us, Carry both viruses and bacteria. But what we are seeing with uh, this novel coronavirus strain is that for whatever reason, um, children tend to have less severe symptoms than older adults. And many times they can be not have any symptoms at all. Um, the co- coronavirus family um, has existed before this new strain of coronavirus. And it would cause things like the common cold in children. And so unknown if that is contributing to how a lot of children respond to actual infection. But it has been shown, you know, children with um, like when the viral Mm -hmm. load is checked in the respiratory droplets of children, some of those children have been found and completely asymptomatic have been found to have a higher viral load been some really sick adult patients that are infected with the virus so it's interesting we i'm I'm not sure we know completely why but children tend to have a less severe course that being said there have been cases of um, children having an inflammatory syndrome that affects multiple organs after being affected infected with uh, the novel coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And um, it's sort of like a late-term complication. And so, yes, children can still have severe and even permanent complications after infection. And so there is a risk to them, too. Uh, but what we're seeing is the majority of the time,
0: okay. so their symptoms pretty, with that are, said, are pretty mild. You, you, you see a lot of literature. You may even see signs that say, keep your kids germ-free, wash your hands, um, children, and you'll be germ-free, can we truly keep our kids germ-free, or how can we take the steps to keep our children germ-free?
1: That is a great question. So there are um, bacteria that naturally reside on our skin. Uh, to help maintain the health and the function of our skin, just like those bacteria live in our GI tract. And so what we are actually trying to do when we, you know, mention washing your hands is to get rid of the bad bacteria but your child will never (gasps) be germ-free and you don't want your child to be germ-free because there is some good bacteria on your child's skin. Okay. And so, um, what we are, what we, when we recommend washing our hands, um, with soap and water, we are trying to kill those, uh, um, bacteria and viruses that can cause infectious infections and problems, um, respiratory problems, or other symptoms in our child and the, the people around them. When we uh, recommend wash cleaning, cleaning off the counters and the doorknobs, and maintaining that safe distance, that's to reduce transmission of harmful viruses and bacteria but um, there are lots of good bacteria that reside (laughs) on our skin and um, we want them there. (laughs) So um, that's sort of, you know, keeping that in mind. The other thing I wanted to mention is uh, the reason why I wanted to make the distinction between virus and bacteria germs is that sometimes Mm -hmm. our children will get infected with bacteria, like maybe staph or something. And um, that can be treated with an antibiotic Um, Whereas with viruses, they're a little bit more difficult. Um, I always try to help parents understand that if your child has been diagnosed with a viral condition um, or something called an upper respiratory infection, uh, usually caused by viruses, an antibiotic is not going to do anything for that because antibiotics kill bacteria. So that's the other Thank you so uh, distinction much, I wanted Maurice, to make when we talk I know about germs. a lot
0: of our listeners are parents and they probably had some of the same questions or if not, these were like aha moments um, because I didn't realize um, children under two, you know, they could go without a mask. You know, I just thought everyone should, you know wear a mask because of the COVID virus and that our children aren't really germ free. So I thank you for the information you provided to us today. Um, Do you have any tips for us to use during this flu season?
1: So great question. I Mm -hmm. recommend you and your child get the flu vaccine. Um, the American Academy of Pediatrics did recommend that the best time to get it was before the end of October because that is when flu starts to peak. Viral cases tend to peak after October. And so um, we likely haven't seen the peak of cases yet, uh, but because flu symptoms are very similar to the symptoms of COVID-19 and you can be infected with both. I do recommend, you know, fortifying your child's immune system by having them, you know, get the flu shot. Um, it's not a bad idea for them to uh, be taking um, a vitamin supplement, maybe some extra vitamin D. Um, eating foods that contain vitamin C and elderberry, um, keeping them adequately hydrated and active, um, so that they're exercising those lungs. Um, and then always, you know, encouraging the washing of hands, keeping the countertops and doorknobs clean and wearing the mask if your child is age appropriate, Thank you, appropriate and encouraging social distancing. I look forward to having distancing. You as a
0: guest again in the near future. Um, do you have any closing remarks and um, could you provide with us how we can get in contact with you if any of the listeners had additional questions after this uh, podcast is aired?
1: Absolutely. So again, um, I, pract- I practice at Family First Pediatrics in Spring, Texas. And so if anyone is in the area, you can come see me there. I would love to see you and your child. Um, I also have a Facebook page at JV Pediatrics, or you could just search Jennifer Verice MD. Um, and then I have a messaging system through the Facebook page. And I also have an Instagram at JV Pediatrics. Um and so yeah, Thank those you are everyone uh, three for ways listening that uh someone can get getting contact with Possible
0: me. Parent Podcast.